Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. I am your host, Wyatt, co-hosting alongside Lucas, Jared, Bart, and Aiden. There is no news we missed. If you want some news we missed, go back and see our episode that went out earlier this week. We're going to get right into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Derek Carr was benched by the Raiders before being eliminated from playoff contention, which I don't think they they think they're alive all the way up to the bitter end. Um <laughs> And they told him to go home and stay out. Don't never come back here. Signaling a trade is probably likely for the star. So Aiden is car obvious fit for the Jets after being knocked out of playoff contention. Yeah, I think it kind of is. And part of that's due to the fact that the Jets have an incredibly low quarterback bar. Um, <laughs> like it's clear that the Jets need to go out and get someone, right? Like they don't have a long-term solution at QB. I don't even think they have a short-term one. Um, it's obviously not Zach Wilson. I think we are all in agreement on that. Honestly, like Mike White, um, but I'm not confident he's a starting QB either. Uh, maybe last week was a bit unfair, given that he's still probably recovering from his injury. Uh, he's shown flashes of talent, but not someone you want to bank a very talented team and a potentially you know good season next year um, on him. So is David Carr the right guy? Maybe, maybe not, but he's certainly an upgrade and they could get him at a bit of a discount right now because of what Wyatt mentioned. You know, there there will be other teams competing for him, but it's possible, like, the Raiders, they have the eighth pick in the draft, or at the moment have the eighth pick in the draft. They could stick with Jarrett Stidham. You know, it does seem like they're going to move on from him. And I would bet that Carr's not going to get a first-rounder, like, given that he's no. in his 30s, mm. uh, and it looks like he's a little bit past his prime. He's not going to be a savior. He was the 23rd best QB per PFF this year. Um, but who else are we going to get? You know, like Lamar Jackson doesn't seem realistic. <laughs> no, there's and no also, way. like, given his injury history, like, I wouldn't want him. Um, Jimmy Jean is Jimmy Jean. Jimmy G is fine. Uh, but I think he's a tier below David Carr. And Brock Purdy's success has made me a little bit <sighs> suspicious of, of Jimmy G and how much he is a, a product of the system and the talent around him. Uh, he also has an injury history. Geno Smith, you know, maybe it'd be nice to have a nice uh, reunion, but it seems like he'll stay with the Seahawks. Tom Brady, maybe, but it seems very, <laughs> very doubtful he'd go to. Maybe just to spite Bill Belichick, he'd, he'd go and yeah. do that. But um, otherwise, like, the options are, are really limited. I don't want to go back to the draft this early. The Jets aren't going to have a super high pick. I don't want Will Levies or whatever. Like, you know, D- Derek Carr, he got benched this year. But his season, like his QBR this season, would have been the second best single season QBR of a Jets QB since like 2005. Um, <laughs> the, the exception was wow. Brian Fitzpatrick in 2015 um, had the betters him, but no one else does. Um, and the Raiders have been a bit of a mess of a franchise under Carr. You know, Carr's had his chance and he's obviously, you know, potentially to blame for some of the, the coaching turmoil uh, that's been around them. But he has had to keep adjusting to new systems. And so maybe he turns it around and has a, a second kind of wind in his career with the Jets. It seems like a, a worthy bet for them to make, given that I think 
this is a team that could go to the playoffs and make some noise with an actually competent QB. I, I, I agree that it doesn't seem like there are a whole lot of better options, but it's also not a move that like excites me in any way for the Jets. <laughs> like, I think Carr is clearly regressing at this point. In his games he played, he was like tied for the league lead in interceptions. Like you mentioned, he may have been part of the cause of some of the turmoil for the Raiders. I'm just like, I'm not convinced Mike White would be all that much worse. Anyone <laughs> have to give up anything to keep Mike White at this point? Derek Carr is the seventh highest quarterback cap hit for the rest of his contract. Okay, so. yeah, just to just like, to clear that one up. The Raiders have to make a decision on Derek Carr's contract by February 15th. So less about a month away now at this point. Just after the Super Bowl, around Valentine's Day, they have to decide if they want to trade him or if they want to cut him outright. And Derek Carr also has a no-trade clause. So they could have a trade lined up, and he could just say no and just sit there and wait and say, you have to cut he's me. He's a Raider or for life. Or you, yeah, right. He's, he's stuck there. You either, if you want to get rid of me, you have to cut me. And if he gets cut, obviously... One, and I think it'll be a bidding war between them and the Colts, uh, the Jets and the Colts. But also, it might it's not going to cost them any compensation, most likely. Uh, I think that if Derek Carr were to get cut, you could probably get him for $20 million to $25 million or so, and not like 30 million or whatever his cap hit is right now. So I think that he's not – like he's the best version of the affordable quarterback at the moment, mm-hmm. I would say. Because yeah, I mean, we say I, twenty million and whatnot, but like for QBs, that's that's nothing. I mean, or yeah, that's nothing. Like mm-hmm. they paid, they get paid ridiculous amounts. I think I kind of agree with both Lucas and Aiden. There's no, there's not really any other good point, uh, options. But to like Lucas's point, he he's like kind of basically Carson Wentz, but just a better team, better teammate at this point. Like, what is he doing more? What is he offering you more than Carson Wentz could? Which is just. They both throw a lot of interceptions. He throws probably less if they had a full season, if Carson Wentz had a full season. And he's a great leader. It seems like he's a good leader. Uh, it seems like people really respect him. But the reason I would be kind of concerned with going to the Jets um, is he's going to have a worse, at least according to the PFF, through like week 15 was the only data I could get. The Jets have a worse O-line than the Raiders. They objectively have a worse wide receiver core than the Raiders too. So he's going to be going to... Uh, arguably, uh, not even arguably, he's going to be going to a worse offensive situation. The only thing he's going to get better is he's going to get a better defense. Uh, you think the on, Jets are a worse offensive situation? I don't agree I, with than that. Than the Raiders? Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't agree with that. Having, having Devontae Adams? Having Devontae Adams? Like, what else yeah, yeah, Adams. Adams. Hunter Renfro? And, like, Derek Carr was pretty good. I know that we like Devontae Hunter Renfro like, as a person. But like, I, I think like Garrett, having Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, like, I would... I don't know. That's not I, like, better than Devontae Adams. I'm sorry. In, no, in not Wall. individually. But, yeah, but like but, Devontae I mean, Adams. Josh like, Jacobs. Like, come on. There's no way. Yeah, Josh this Jacobs is, is pretty good. Yeah, but, but this Bruce is his Hall, one I think you have an, Yeah. You Bruce have Hall. like an up and coming. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Garrett Wilson is, you know, not maybe Devontae Adams, but could turn into the perennial pro bowler that, you know, a, a star QB or Derek Carr level QB would want. Okay. Well, he, he just had an all pro. And Devontae Adams, and I don't know. Adams has had a pretty good season this year, for what it's worth. However, I want to present to you the most compelling stat that I saw about this, Jared. You reminded me about this. Derek Carr's PFF grade in cold weather (laughs) is apparently (laughs) like 25 grade points worse than in warm weather. So (laughs) he should factor that in before choosing to move to New York. I'm just saying. Like You mentioned the Colts, Wyatt. In a domed stadium, 
that literally that could make a big difference for they how could good build a dome. He, he he is <laughs> <laughs> build a dome for Derek life into a dome. Yeah. Yeah. Carolina yeah, he go, he goes then. He's Carolina bound. <laughs> Follow yeah, go it, along with Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. It feels pretty obvious to me though that the Jets offense is like begging for somebody to get the ball out to everybody else. The, the stark difference between yes. Zach Wilson and Mike White, like first of all, the team I think personally does not like Zach Wilson, <laughs> like as a person. Um, but when he goes out there and plays, when Mike White goes out there and plays, even if he'll turn the ball over, when he is at least getting the ball into the hands of some of the Jets players, and they are there's a clear difference of like what happens when you just play like routine system football, and what happens when you're just like trying to be a playmaker like Zach Wilson is, and then you completely ruin everything. It, it, yeah. they, the Jets are so talented, top to bottom, really. And another offensive line probably could look to add some more pieces to it, but you could also, again, do that in the draft, and their defense is spectacular. And Derek Carr, is like I think we said it the last episode or two episodes ago, has never had a defense ranked over the 20th-ranked defense in the league. I think since he's been in the league, his defense has been ranked – his overall defense has been ranked 32nd, which this would be a clear difference. I know Josh Jacobs is having a good year. This is probably his second good year out of his entire NFL career right now, and that's not meant to be disrespectful. But the Jets at least have a – and that does sound uh, – the, <laughs> at least the, the Jets have a good run game and a good defense, yeah. and they don't need uh, Derek Carr to be a world beater at the moment. You know, it's clear like they need O-line help. That should be a priority this offseason. And also like Elijah Vera Tucker was out for most of the year. Beckton was obviously out the entire year. So potentially that'll get better. Um, but like Lucas and Jared, do you want them to stand pat? Like, do you think? They no, no, I don't want them to. Mike no. White? And he's better and he's better than Jimmy G, like you said, because Jimmy G is going to just going to get injured. Like almost guaranteed too. So I definitely would want Derek Carr. Yeah, it's like I, I don't want them to stand pat necessarily, but I just it also doesn't move the needle that much for me either, right? Mm. It's like, yeah, I would I would say better, that, but not mm-hmm. that much better. Like I don't mm-hmm. know, I don't think they would win a playoff game <laughs> if no, if he got. There. Would they make the playoffs? Yeah, <laughs> you think they would make? They, the they're seven. I mean, they they let everybody announce it. No, I'm just joking. I mean, I feel like there's a, there's quite a bit of playoff spots where it's like, yeah, they make the playoffs, but yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think they'd win a playoff game. Also, I feel like we should do a, a large-scale analysis of, like, warm-weather QBs going to cold-weather places and seeing if they, like, get better. Like, yeah, see if they're cold-weather, if they get better at playing in the cold-weather, if it's just, like, uh, you know. What degree, like, what, yeah, exactly. every oh, degree literally. of Fahrenheit is, like, two more picks over your career? <laughs> I'm going to go check right now. Don't ESPN box scores tell you what the game time temp was? Mm-hmm. Oh shoot! You could do that. Yeah, you could, the data's you begging. Do I know it's right there. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> Expect the results on my desk tomorrow morning. Yeah. <laughs> that 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 uh, stat. I like that stat about Derek Carr's QBR being like the the best since 2005 or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was pretty funny. It's. I mean, who have we had? We've had Zach Wilson, Geno Smith. Mark Sanchez. Thanks, Geno Smith. Marks. Mark Sanchez had. The lowest of the ones I was looking at. I think it was oh, like the butt it was like fumble. a fifteen or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It was just I didn't unbelievably he was that bad. low. And they made the yeah. AFC championship. Yeah, twice yeah exactly. It was in my mind. I'm like, oh, he can't have been that bad because they made two AFC championships. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was stunning. Uh, but anyway, he is great on TV, though. I want to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, he's pretty. Yeah. He's pretty yeah. funny. 
as as is a lot of former players when they go on TV. RG three is RG three is spectacular. Yeah. He's, he's clearly the best. Okay, before we move on, a quick word from our sponsor. The fans, the tradition, the glory. There is nothing more thrilling than college football, and it all comes down to the national championship game happening on Monday. My go-to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. It's hard to bet against Georgia, but I like TCU's chances in the natty. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings Same Game Parlay. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. New customers bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That is code TPPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, welcome back. It might sting... It might be a bruise, but it definitely hurts, don't it, Lucas? Jalen Hurts' status for Week 18 against the Giants is up in the air. The team has struggled without him and is now in danger of losing the number one seed to San Francisco or the Cowboys, whoever uh, is the highest bidder. Lucas, should the Eagles play Jalen Hurts even if he's not 100%? Yes, because a Jalen Hurts at 80% is better than Gardner Minshew at 100%. Whoa. He was horrific this past weekend like he was missing guys over their heads he threw a really bad interception i think at least to essentially put the game away which was a pick six from their own 10 or something like that he like just his lack of communication and sort of like i'm trying to think of the word but i can't he didn't gel with the offensive line so there were so many false start penalties like that just the eagles had not done at all this year everything about Minshew's performance this last week was horrible and again not all his fault lane johnson was out that makes the offensive line worse there are more pressure on him he was just not good this week jalen hurts on the other hand i don't i think if he doesn't get injured is at least top two for mvp um maybe he's not 100 percent, but i think it is so much more beneficial to your playoff chances of making the super bowl to have that first round by that it's worth throwing hurts in there at this point because he would be better than um Minshew. As long as there's not like a significant re-injury risk at this point, which I don't think there is, I would rather take a, a depleted Jalen Hurts than a, a healthy Gardner Minshew. So the Giants are locked into the sixth seed, which makes it seem like they're yes. not going to start very many guys. Do you think Minshew is capable of beating the backups? I don't want to take any chances. If they put Hurts in and they're up like 21 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, then fine, pull them and put Minshew in. But, like, I I am a big, I don't want to take any chances, especially given how the last week went. And even the last, even though, like, he played better against the Cowboys, he was still super turnover prone against the Cowboys, too, which I think is a big reason why they lost the game. So, yeah. I mean, I would start with Hurts. If go up 21 nothing in the first quarter, throw Minshew in then to burn the last three quarters of the game or something like that. I would be wary a little bit. Given the fact that if Hertz goes out there and I'm not going to say re Hertz, but let's say he's not 100%, let's say he's 80% and they lose anyway, and then he has to play again the week after that because they lose the number one seed, it, that is huge. And I'd rather have a 100% healthy Jalen Hurts in the playoffs than 
and 80% Jalen Hurts for two weeks. It's a shoulder injury, and it's an injury that really doesn't heal until, like, you just like you, you're not using it. You got to sit this one out a little bit, and we don't know what it, the effect has on his ability as a thrower with, with this new shoulder injury. Yeah, but I would be extremely wary of like what the implications are are going into next week. And hindsight will be twenty twenty, but I'm I'm not a hundred percent confident that this is that there is a right answer, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard. It's so much would have been solved if they just beat the Saints, which should have happened this past <laughs> week. Uh, the defense played absolutely well enough for them to beat the Saints, and yet here we are in this situation. Um, but I, I, I don't know. It's just in the, the upside of it is high, too, when it's like, okay, you have him play maybe a little bit of the game this week. And then he gets a whole extra week of rest to continue, like as opposed to being thrown right back in. And I think that rest is more important if you can get it before the first playoff game versus this week going into the next one, right? Like it's just like further out still from the injury. So I think there's value in that. But yeah, you get the same amount. Of, you get a week if like if he played, and then you got the buy. You get a week if he doesn't play. They don't get the buy. You get a week. So it's it's the same either way, I guess. And if he plays, they I would lose. He gets nothing. Yeah, exactly. No, I think they I think they should play him though. If you look at the momentum of the Super Bowl teams, which it's it's a bit of like a lost cause, they're kinda already on the skid, but the Rams they coming into the postseason, they won four of their last five. The Buccaneers they entered on a form game win streak. The Chiefs they entered on a six game win streak. I would rather have that momentum than another week of resting Jalen Hurts. As well as the fact that um coming to Gardner Minshew's defense just a little bit. Even if Hurts, let's say, re-aggravates his injury, and and um, the Eagles have limped into a playoffs before, and people look back on Nick Foles' uh, 2017 with rose-tinted glasses, his regular season performance in the final games were not good, completion percentage of 56%, five touchdowns to two picks, but four of those touchdowns came in literally one game. So it, he was not good against the Raiders. I remember that on like, Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, something like that. And granted, in the playoffs, he did kind of flip a switch where all of a sudden he had 72% completion percentage and no idea where that came from. But I think the Eagles are, like, pretty good in the sense that, like, if Hurts did go down, there are ways to kind of hide Minshew's flaws, which they just maybe have not figured out yet, like they didn't figure out with Foles in those first couple weeks. The other thing, too, I would say is... It hasn't happened that often where a team loses three of their uh, goes on a three game losing streak or longer en route to the playoffs. Um, it's happened five times since 2000, and most of them lose their first game. Uh, if if they do, they get lucky and, and lose in their second round. The only time that's the only time that they've had success losing three games in a row entering the playoffs was the 2009 Saints when they went 13 and 0, lost their last three. But that team was a beast. Their point differential was one, like plus one sixty nine. There's no, I, the Eagles aren't that good, so I would rather have some momentum going into the game a little bit, take your chances with Hurts injury, um, and play him, than sitting it out and getting another loss. And just looking at the history of three loss of teams that lose three in a row, it's not good. It's not favorable. Yeah, it's also circumstantial. You know, like they they would have lost these three games because. Hurts was out. Like it's not yeah, like, but like, I mean the Saints lost like. the Saints lost those games because they rested starters. The same thing. Yeah, that's fair. It's yeah, it's well, similar. The, 
Honestly. The part of it too is that with Hurts, the Giants game, like we saw how they played against the Giants at full strength. Like they demolished them, whatever that was a few weeks ago. Yeah, like, I wouldn't call it a demolishing. It was demolishing. I think it is pretty clearly a demolishing. That was a demolishing. If, if we're being honest with ourselves. 48-22 with some garbage time Giants points. Let's be real. Um, but anyway, I think like if Hurts can do that against the real team, he'll he'll be fine against the backup team. You don't have to play the whole game. You can throw him into after halftime. I would rather the momentum than the sure thing. I'm with Jared. We don't know it's a backup team yet either. The Giants haven't indicated that yet. Yeah. Right, yeah, but like, why would they? Or why? Well, why would they indicate? Because of momentum. Because of momentum. Some teams probably do like very strongly believe in that. The Giants also have nothing to lose. To be honest, I mean, not they only have injured. they cl- no, but I mean, not <laughs> yeah. only have they clinched the playoffs already, they have nothing to lose as far as implications of if they go out there and they lose their first game. Like, it's not like everyone's like, "Wow, frauds all along." I mean, they're way they're way overachieving to what they their standard was. I thought, as even as a Giants fan, that we were gonna have a top five pick, but by, by the end of this year, I did not expect us to be in the playoffs at this point, and they played well. They're probably and- mad about it. <laughs> that yeah, you didn't you know, get a top five pick. There was a point where I was like, oh, you know, I wish they would just pick a side. I'm leaning now into the playoff <laughs> run. Um, but, like, it'd have to be quite the miracle for them to get to not only to the NFC Championship, but to, like, you know, like, go past mm. round one or two. They might be able to sneak a win against, like, the Vikings if that's the case. But Whoa. if we meet the <laughs> if we no, met the could. 49ers, I, don't think, I think we would get smoked. There is no oh, yeah. chance whatsoever. So I, I don't know if the Giants have anything to lose by, you know, by, you know, playing their starters this week. Even if you get banged up just a little bit, maybe just to keep the rust off. Um, but to be honest with the Eagles, is the wheels are falling off the bus right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of injuries going on. It's not just Jalen Hurts. The more more and more players are getting injuries, and I know a lot of other teams, at least across the league are getting healthy right before the playoffs go. And, and the Eagles are showing a ton of signs of the opposite. Not only are they they might enter in a three-game losing streak, but they might enter as one of the more injured teams in the league as well, including Jalen Hurts. But if Jalen Hurts goes down or is not able to play in that first playoff game, we know that they're dead. Uh, so I don't know. I just, I'm not super confident that there is a right choice because you would love to be able to say Gardner Minshew is playing well enough for us to win, but he's not Brock Purdy. And he's not going to be able to um, really will this team. Also, defensively. You don't think Gardner Minshew is better than Brock Purdy? He's obviously not better than Brock Brock Purdy. No, it's a system. I'm with Jared. It's the system. The 49ers system is built around you can pretty much throw anybody in there. Isn't that like kind of the point of getting A.J. Brown and having the run game? Like, Like, I mean... But but the way that the offense is schemed is designed around somebody who can run the ball also, and which is also part of the problem of him ball. going out there and being the lead running back for them. You don't <laughs> think that that puts him at serious risk to get re-injured? No, it does. It does. It does. I think he can play. Yeah. He doesn't have to play that way. I don't know. He's a pretty yeah, good pass. Yeah, like they can they can scale it back a little bit. I think Jalen Hurts is a pass. I don't, know, I don't know if they've proved the that they giant. can scale it back offensively. Yeah. <laughs> Also, to other other year um, last year, uh, I think you would want to avoid the fate that happened to like the Cardinals, who started off super hot, right? Then they go like ten and one or something crazy. Then they yeah. went one and four in their last five games and like just imploded at the end of the season. The the team that it happened Steelers. to the year before that was the Steel exactly the Steelers. Mm-hmm. You want to avoid that fate, I think too. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm a little bit scared to slightly confident that it might happen at this point, just because of the injuries. I mean, they're getting some guys back. They're getting CJGJ back, um, the safety, uh, whose name I don't, whose real name I don't actually. CJ Gardner Johnson. Yeah, CJ Gardner Johnson. Back. Robert Quinn is apparently practicing this week, but losing Avante Maddox Maddox hurts, so that's kind of canceled out by Gardner Johnson coming back, um, and. I don't know. Lane Johnson will be playing in the playoffs, but apparently still with torn abdominal muscles, I think is what it is. Yikes. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, he's putting off surgery just to play, right? Yeah. Yes. The Eagles could could go down to the five seed if they lose and the Cowboys and Niners both win, which would be such yeah. a crazy turnaround. Yeah. You're starting and, and also to have down. a team be 13-4. and four, Yeah. Like, it, and, yeah. Yeah, but you know, I kind of want them to be the five seed and then just win the Super Bowl anyway, and tell everybody like, uh, seeding actually does not matter at all. We wanted this to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but re- really, three weeks ago, it would not matter. Today, I think it does. Yeah, like I said, the wheels are kind of falling off the bus here. But moving on, we're gonna talk about some favorites. This is our first show, actually. Just kind of realized that uh, right after the new year, welcome into 2023. So we're gonna talk about our favorite moments of 2022 or some 2023 storylines going into the new year. Lucas, you're going to start us off. What What are you gonna bring to the table here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my favorite storyline of 2022, not storyline, but just moment, was the the Phillies uh, run this year. I thought it was really fun. I thought Bryce Harper kind of like actually like vindicated himself as like a postseason player made a run and had one of the best postseasons at least in my recent memory that home run to win the nlcs against the padres was incredible and it was just fun to you know be here in philadelphia see people tearing down stuff after they won the national (laughs) league and stuff like that um and it was just like a really nice unity sort of city moment um yeah, and I, it was a good time. It's not it's not deep. I'm not going to go too in-depth on it, but, yeah, my favorite sports moment last year was definitely when the Phillies won the National League, made it all the way to the World Series. And though they lost to the Astros, they put up a good fight, and Dusty Baker got to win a, a World Series, so good for him. Yeah, I'm going to go with the rise of the Cincinnati Bengals in 2022. Uh, they ended up beating the Chiefs for the first time early in January, and then, of course, beating them again in the playoffs, going to the Super Bowl, and... I think it's kind of forgotten how well they did in that Super Bowl because they only lost by three. And then, of course, they come into this year and they have a chance to win the number one seed in the AFC as well, at least at the end of 2022. So, I mean, I, I think the, the Cincinnati Bengals turn around from Joe Burrowless to now Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow just absolutely dominating the league, I think is one of the quickest turnarounds we've seen in a franchise. And, Surely one of the coolest turnarounds that we've ever seen of a franchise. Also, shout out to ESPN for making this as easy as possible. Um, I don't know if anyone else saw that they have a full 2022 recap of everything. Yeah, I saw that. And I was looking at it. <laughs> it's it, Not only is it helpful, but it's also beautiful the way that they put that together. So I wanted to give a shout out for that. I want to mention their end of every end of decade um, like montage that they do is always one of the coolest sports moments for me. They like they did one at the, at the end of like a 2010 and then a couple of years ago as well. It's always like very uh, I don't know, chill, chill tingling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You forget like how much stuff happened in the year too. Yeah, like, yeah that was a, that yeah, that was a big like thing. the Winter Olympics happened this year, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I did not remember that. Uh, Bart, um, what about you? 
Yeah, I, I, it looks like I'm the only one who's going to talk about 2023 because 2022 is old news, and I don't I don't want to do that. I'm looking forward <laughs> here. here. <laughs> 2023 is going to be the year of the three-peats, baby. Look out. So first and foremost, obviously the one that's on everybody's radar, men's handball. Can the Danes do it? They won in 2019. <laughs> they won in 2021. They would be the first ones to ever three-peat. Next up, now my non-joking one is uh, women's soccer. Uh, the Team USA, if they can pull off the three-peat, in this year's World Cup, yes, there is a Women's World Cup this year, would be the first women's country team to do a three-peat. So not just handball, but the Women's World Cup has that too. And then lastly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recognize myself if I failed to chip in for the Jokic MVP campaign right here. Jokic, mm-hmm. three-peat MVP is incoming. Obviously, this race this year is going to be super tight. There are like a, four different guys who could win it. But if he does it, he joins Bill Russell, Wilt, and Larry Bird. So... Very cool for Jokic. I'm excited to watch those three-peats maybe or maybe not happen this year. Also three-peat of getting swept out of the play. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> 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 okay, wait, but who's, who's the one seed in the West right now, though? <laughs> uh, I'm just joking. Good point. They also didn't get swept. I, I don't – but I just had to say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Find someone who hates you as much as Jared loves Doncic. Or, yeah, you understand what I'm trying to <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. Aiden, what are you what are you gonna talk about? Uh, so my my favorite thing in 2022, I think, was the like college football program turnarounds that a couple new coaches made happen. We talked about this a bit in our last episode. Quick plug for our last episode. Um, but mm-hmm. obviously, of you know, Sunny Dykes at um, at TCU, the most obvious one from five and seven to thirteen and one in a national championship. I wonder what the odds were. I need to look up the odds of TCU being in the national championship at the beginning of the season. If mm. you made that bet, um, congrats. Um, but yeah, like Brian Kelly went from six and seven to 10 and four for LSU beat Bama in year one. Um, yeah. Also just destroyed Purdue, the big 10 West champion, uh, 63 to seven in the citrus bowl. Uh, so rough um, Lincoln Riley, who we can, we can agree and disagree about whether it was a success. Uh, Kalen DeBoer at UW yeah. from four and eight to eleven and two. Mike Elko at Duke from five eight five five and eighteen over the past two years to nine and four this year. Uh, and that like it wasn't all good, right? Like Mary Cristobal and Brent Venables. Like there were there were new coaches who struggled, uh, but I feel like there were uh, a few kind of standout program turnarounds that we saw this year, uh, which was a lot of fun to watch. One storyline I'm watching as we head into 2023, um, I and this podcast as a whole, you know, keep our, our ears to the ground on the athlete real estate market news. <laughs> um, what I'm watching in 2023 is the sale of Cliff Kingsbury's house. Um, you know, <laughs> oh Cardinals are, you know, they're six and 17 since the beginning of last December. The future looks dim. So Cliff should be should be let go. And God willing, his house will hit the market. Um, for those who don't know, Cliff really stunted on everyone last, or I think it was two years ago at the draft. Had to be just off a pandemic. Just ridiculous house um, on ESPN. So if I'm an Arizona-based real estate agent right now, I'm trying to get in on that. Yeah, <laughs> make a great commission. Exactly. Yeah. By the way, Aiden, Texas or TCU, their odds was plus twenty-three thousand. Wow. So. Underneath teams like uh, Pitt, North Carolina, Auburn, Wake Forest. 
So, I mean, oh, it's a shame. I put all my money on Wake Forest. So, you know, <laughs> I also had Iowa State at plus tw- uh, 20,000. So, dang, you miss out. <laughs> you miss out. And Jared, you finish us off here? Yeah. Um, I thought I didn't really think of like a storyline per se. The first thing was like what sporting games or events were uh, memorable for me. For me, it was the Formula One 2022 British Grand Prix. Actually, the race had just like everything that everything that could happen in a Formula One race. I feel like happened. Um, first, my favorite driver Carlos Sainz was on pole position, set a, set the quickest qualifying time the day before. So pole position means you start in first place. There was a huge crash, which I don't want to see in races, um, but just like kind of a demonstration of how like far Formula One has come in terms of their safety and their car construction. Um, one of the like craziest crashes I've seen since I've been a fan, that's for sure. A lot of drama in the middle of the race, uh, but at the end, I think my favorite part was Lucas and I, on a previous episode, Lucas had said that he didn't think Carlos had that dog in him, like like the... <laughs> Like the the cold blood, like Joe Burrow has, you know, like the cold blooded killers in the other sports. Um, and Ferrari, he was in second place when there was a safety car which bunches up the pack, and his teammate for Ferrari was in first place. So Ferrari was like team orders, basically we're like team orders, like don't pass the guy in first place. And he was like, no, he he said he said stop inventing. I'm under pressure as well. I'm going for the. He didn't say I'm going for the win, but he said stop inventing. I'm under pressure also. He went for the win. It was his first one of his career. It was the second longest wait of a Formula One driver ever, too. Um, so it was all, all in all, it was like a good story. Like Ferrari, it was a new story, for, new story for Ferrari about how they messed up their strategy, which was a storyline of 2022 and everything. It was just all, all around like chock full of stuff. The best part, too, actually, was I was getting race updates. I was getting texts from Lucas while I was watching, as well as my dad while I was watching. And I was watching on my phone in Bart's apartment. Because that was when uh, I was up there around July 4th mm-hmm. weekend. So I feel like that was kind of a funny moment, a uh, good like sports moment. And I was just kind of watching silently, like watching the best race of the year while Bart and friend of the pod Brian were sleeping. And that was one of my like favorite sports moments for sure of the year. <laughs> Honorable mentions too for the Bills Chiefs playoff game, which was like almost a year ago at this point, but that was a great game. And oh, that was maybe yeah. the best game I've ever watched. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. Also, Notre Dame beating Clemson is pretty fun this year. Even if Clemson turned out to be frauds, I don't care. <laughs> it was fun at the time. Well, <clears throat> another 2023 storyline to watch, I guess, is the growth of this podcast. And you can contribute by subscribing, uh, by sharing with all your friends, and by pressing, smacking, rather, that download button. <laughs> <laughs> Smash it. Um, <laughs> smash it. Um, yeah, thank you once again for listening. Hit us up on social media at lunchpailguys underscore if you want to chat. And we will catch you all back next week. <laughs>